is affected by the pill. Whereas in a machine, the machine's still determining everything. In a pill, like, it's still, it's you. Okay, with certain substances, it's not really a fear towards the drug itself, right? But with, like, I guess what you would call hard drugs, it's more of what you're afraid that might happen, how it might affect your mental state. But people don't really think about that when they're drinking, because that definitely affects your mental and physical state very much. Especially if it's the rural Americans, they'll start shooting at things. They'll be like, what's that in the bushes? Pow, 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 pow. And it was another dude on mushrooms who's now dead. Like, Welcome back to Coming In Without Context. I'm Dylan Yang, and here with me is Jennifer. Jennifer, say hello. Hello. We've got Hope waiting in the wings. She has earmuffs on. Can't hear us. Wait, earmuffs? Are earmuffs the the winter thing? Yeah, yeah. No, no, wait. What's the... What's the... Um, and, you're thinking of ear... What are those called? Yes, you... you the, the, they, they look like, like headphone things, right? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Now, whatever. Anyway, today's topic is definitely not targeted towards you, Jennifer. (laughs) I was ready for this. (laughs) (laughs) I want to talk about drugs, okay? What does it have to do with me? I I said it's not targeted. Oh, okay. (laughs) 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 Anyway, uh, so starting off, Jennifer, uh, what's your relationship with drugs? My relationship with drugs, okay. That depends on how you define drugs. Ah, perfect. Okay, so if you just Google drug, okay, Google defines it as a medicine or other substance which has a physiological effect when ingested or otherwise introduced into the body. But then if you click down a little and you click on the U.S. Food and Drug Administration mm. page, they define a drug as, uh, well, a few things, but I'll just read the two highlighted ones that make the most sense. It's either a substance intended for use in the diagnosis, cure, mitigation, treatment, or prevention of a disease, or it's a substance other than food intended to affect the structure or any function of the body. Intended to affect. Interesting. Yeah. So I'm not on any meds. We can cross out the first definition. The second definition, mm, I think I have quite... A friendly relationship with drugs is what I'm going to say. <laughs> <laughs> when it comes to the second definition. Okay, well, not I'm not gonna not gonna interrogate you. <laughs> but do you care to mention your history? Or or no, okay, no, no, not history. Sorry, sorry. That that sounds really incriminating. <laughs> have you have you used any drugs recreationally and if so which drugs you don't have to say like how much or whatever um not interrogation i see (laughs) okay i guess by your by google's definition of drugs um am i even allowed to say these things are they gonna like come to my house and grab me i can like uh audio blur it out in the podcast what how do we talk about them if you just <laughs> no because then it'll be funny it'll be like you'll be like i've done and then it'll be like blank <laughs> and also i've done blank, blank. Okay, okay, so, blank. Uh, 
flag, flag? Um, I don't know what they call in the U.S. Like, you know, balloons? Maybe laughing gas. Interesting. Wow. Okay. Um, that, I was not expecting that answer. It's not as popular in the U.S., but it's quite popular in China. Oh. And I think it's quite popular in England, too. Really? Wow. Yeah. I mean, in the um, U.S., they only, they only use it at dentists yeah. for, for children. Yeah, yeah, but it's, it's pretty fun. I think that might be it. Okay. You're disappointed. No, no, I'm, no, no. I was, this is just for the record. Haha, <laughs> I've got you on, on recording, <laughs> Jennifer. Ha, you're screwed now. <laughs> um, okay, uh-huh, so. Screwed myself. <laughs> my turn. I will share. I have also ingested blank. Um, I've never smoked, but I've done blank with friends. Mm-hmm. And I have done blank, blank, which was a great time. Highly recommend. Blank. <laughs> yeah, it was at Dickinson too. It was, the first year. It was great, Jennifer. It, I, it, wasn't, it wasn't a full dose. It was uh, half a dose, but it was it was great. It was a great time. Good. And I, I didn't I didn't hallucinate or anything. It was just like oh. the world. The world was more in focus like everything was just so yeah. much more interesting everything is sharp yeah um yeah so that's that's all me uh, well, um, oh you forgot you could have mentioned so tobacco yeah i was gonna say that alcohol is not is sort of a drug is alcohol a food it's a food. alcohol well alcohol causes physiological effects to your body but it's a food yeah and also coffee would fall into that category with with alcohol i'd say um those are you know the common socially acceptable form drugs yeah yeah um so anyway uh i guess my next question for you in your opinion why do you feel like there's a divide between certain drugs that we've mentioned and then like for example coffee or alcohol in society you know like why why are drugs stigmatized Mm. Well, I always thought if something could be addictive, I consider it a drug. That's why I didn't consider marijuana a drug. Yeah, I think that was pretty much the line for me. Because they're all pretty, not all, but excessive use of any of those could be very detrimental to your health. So, yeah, that was my only line, I guess. Well, I mean, like, even most recently, you know, marijuana has become less of a taboo yeah um especially since you know a lot more people use it for medical uses and um, Mm -hmm. it's been uh legalized in certain states um but i guess like do you feel like there's still a certain fear around drugs or do or do you think it's more like uh, societal's understanding of drugs has kind of shifted towards different categories, I suppose. Um, I think a lot of the times it's not, okay, with certain substances, it's not really a fear towards the drug itself, right? Like if I smoke on campus, I'm afraid of getting caught. I'm not afraid of what that's going to do to me. Yeah. But with like, I guess what you would call hard drugs, it's more of what you're afraid that might happen, how it might affect your mental state. Yeah, yeah. But people don't really think about that when they're 
like drinking, right? Because that definitely affects your mental and physical state very much. So I guess I think the legal thing comes into play a lot when it comes to what kind of drug we want to do and what we don't want to do. But there's also like, I guess when it comes to knowledge of certain substances, we don't know. I guess like if you're not a chem- chemistry major or biology major who study these things, you don't have much knowledge on what these things actually are or like how they're made. Yeah. Yeah, and it's like your sources, like if you're just getting, getting them off from a random plug, you don't know what's in it. Yeah, just things like that. Yeah, definitely. I mean, especially in the past, you know, the, the fear of drugs was largely just ignorance, I guess, and lack of mm-hmm. information. You know, nowadays, it's especially for the drugs that have become more socially acceptable, like marijuana, you know, it's because we have more publicly available information about it. Yeah. Um, but obviously, there are still very dangerous drugs out there, you know, like, there's a there's a fentanyl crisis right now, where hmm. it's like worse than crack and meth. And like, you can you can die it with like, a extremely tiny amount of it. Really? Yeah. But but then we it is like, I do feel like we're kind of in a different era compared to the war on drugs in like the 50s or whenever it was you know mm. i mean it's still going yeah yeah it definitely is like people are definitely being unrightfully imprisoned just for mm. small possession but i think i think also another reason that is being more accepted is because a lot of drugs are known to have positive benefits nowadays you know like yeah like we're meant we're talking about marijuana has the medical the, the medicinal side to it is that it helps with stress anxiety depression and also can help you sleep right yeah so speaking on that have you ever taken uh sleep aids yeah in your life um i've definitely smoked to be able to fall asleep before and i've like things like melatonin and there were things you know when I was in England I couldn't get any melatonin because they don't they just don't sell them there Mm. I got these like like some herbal pills or whatever from boots and it just didn't work (laughs) (laughs) well speaking on that Jennifer uh did you know that you your body can gain a tolerance to sleep drugs just like any other drug and then you know, yeah. it works less well. Yeah, and I've heard that melatonin is actually quite bad for you. I don't yeah. know how, but... Hope, would you take melatonin to help you sleep? No. Um, but I also don't typically take um, meds when I'm in pain, so... I just kind of struggle pain? through life. <laughs> oh my god. Why don't you take painkillers? Yeah, I don't know. I don't really. Only if other people are so concerned for me that they get angry that I'm not taking them. Oh. That's the only time I take them. So why not? Um, well, I've never had pain so severe that I feel like I need to. I mean, obviously, there have been times I have taken it because my pain's gotten pretty bad. But like most of the time, 
I just don't like I grew up in a family with a very walk it off mentality and huh. I just don't bother. I think part of it is also that you struggle with pills like taking well, yeah pills. I can't swallow them but I really would not say that's the cause of why I don't take them I can use that as an excuse but that's not really why Huh. Hope, could you describe your relationship with drugs in your life? <laughs> uh, I don't really partake that much. Um, the first drug I ever did was Blanks. which I don't know. It's not like a drug drug because it's like kind of natural. Did y'all do it together? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I was I was withholding that information until Hope came. Uh, um, uh, and then I had like a few. I hope like the FBI doesn't listen to this podcast or something. Um, I, I was saying that. <laughs> I was fine. Um, but I've only like eaten Blanks. like four times. Like nothing crazy. The one of them was on the plane ride to Jordan, which I don't know why I did that. Oh, yeah, I knew about that. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't have... If we're talking about, like, medical drugs, like, drugs that doctors prescribe, like, if it's prescribed, I take it. But like I said, I don't really take painkillers or anything. Mostly because I'm... Like, I think my throughout my life, I've been afraid of, like, addiction. And I've always been like painfully aware of opioid addiction and like other addictions. My parents are alcoholics and I had an aunt who used to always try and call to like try and get drugs off of us because doctors stopped prescribing her drugs because she was like constantly like hurting herself even to try and get painkillers and things like that. And so like I, I had a cousin who used to be addicted to heroin and she robbed our house. Like I just... I'm very aware of various addictions. And so even like one time, I think when I was a kid, I like, I think my stomach hurt or something. So my dad gave me, I don't even know what, but it was like some sort of kid's stomach relieving thing. And then I was like, oh, that felt great. So the next night my stomach didn't hurt and I asked for it again. And then I realized after I did that, like, that was bad. And so then from then on, I was like, I'm never taking drugs again. I'm not taking the killers, nothing. I was like, probably like seven years old. But I was like, I can't. He was like, okay, I'll give it to you. But, you know, you should only use these things if you really need them. I was like, shit, why am I doing this? Wow. Um, Yeah. (laughs) I, I have to say, I do think, like, a big reason why I don't do any super addictive drugs is because I know I have a really addictive, I think, personality. Mm. Like I get addicted to things really easily. And I know if I do them and if I had fun with them, I just, it would go down that route. Well, then, speaking of really good feeling things, <laughs> <laughs> have either of you read Aldous Huxley's Brave New World? Yes. yes, and I read. He wrote this book on psychedelics. Mm. I read it. I can't remember. Happy pill for <laughs> all. <laughs> yeah. So um, the the key drug in the novel is called soma, right? Mm. 
And he wrote this in 1932. Soma is a drug that numbs any sort of discomfort from anxiety to stress to general uneasiness. And um, in the novel, the characters and society as a whole use it as sort of a panacea, like it cures everything and anything. Like if you feel any type of bad emotion, you take Soma. Oh, and also, fun fact, the police in Brave New World use Soma vapor as like a crowd calming thing, sort of like pepper spray, but like it it calms them down, you know? Um, So if our society had uh, a large quantity of Soma and like, you know, your, your friends were taking it and like celebrities were taking it and became more mainstream, do you, would either of you want to try Soma? Like if I have some, I have some right here on my table, it's within arm's reach. Would you guys like to try some pre-sample? Yeah, I'll try some. I wouldn't, I wouldn't take it like regularly. For me, it's hard to know if I would or wouldn't. Like, I don't know if I would just because I don't take painkillers and stuff. So I feel like my aptitude would be towards not taking it, but I might. Like, I don't know. It depend on, like, who I was with. Because I'm also, if other people are doing things, I'm way more likely to do them. Mm. Well, then I guess, like, adding on to that, how much does knowing that there are side effects or negative consequences affect your decision to indulge in drugs? So, like, for example, Jennifer mentioned that she knows she has a, an addictive personality and that she could theoretically get easily addicted right to harder substances Mm. but then like on the other hand there are more common side effects like just an upset stomach or back pain i think is one of them or you know trouble sleeping like how does knowing those side effects change your willingness to participate i think if it's just if it's just um i would care about if it's easily like if I can be easily addicted, that's the one thing I care about. But other than that, I would say mild physical discomfort wouldn't really discourage. I get easily discouraged by side effects of things. So if they're like some other like, oh, this could happen, it'd just make it even more less likely that I would take it. I already am so unhealthy that I just don't want to fuck myself more if I can avoid it. Hmm. What if there were a drug that had no side effects, okay? And whenever you took it, you would feel just generally more happy, you know, everything around you is, you know, brighter and more vibrant. And it causes you to be extremely lucky, okay? Let's say say there's this pill that (laughs) causes your luck to increase a thousandfold so that whatever experience you wanted to have would instantly happen after you took the drug. Would you two be interested in trying it? That seems a little like genie in a bottle, like (laughs) harrowing tale. (laughs) But it's a pill. (laughs) Well, would you ask a genie for your wish? It's the same question. Okay, would you? (laughs) I'm waiting. (laughs) Not for nothing extreme, maybe. I wouldn't. I'm really no luck. I don't know. I like to when I achieve something. I like to know that 
I did it and it wasn't luck. It's just, it's just not satisfying. Yeah. But like, if it was like, oh, I want chocolate chip cookies right now. Well, I'm not going to die without chocolate chip cookies. (laughs) Okay. That's interesting. So then I feel like I know Jennifer's answer for the next one. And I, I have asked Hope this before as well, but I'll just put it out there. What if instead of a pill, you had to enter a machine, like a pod, and then whenever you're in the pod, any experience you desire would, would happen to you and it would feel real. It'd feel like reality. Would you get in the pod? Are we just talking about BRs now? Sort of. Mm. Jennifer, would you get into the, the pod? Oh, um, no. Why not? I, I mean... Well, I would do it if it's like a VR game or something. It's fun. But if whatever happens to me is just a screen that you're showing me and it just makes me feel real, then it's not real. And it's quite I feel like time. Okay, okay. Wait, let me let me repitch this to you, okay, Jennifer. <laughs> Imagine a machine that could mm. give you any experience or sequence of experiences you might desire. When you're connected to this machine, you can have the experience of writing a great poem or (laughs) bringing about world peace or loving someone and being loved in return. You can experience the felt pleasure of these things, how they feel from the inside, so to speak. You can also program your experiences for tomorrow or this week or Uh, The library of suggestions extracted from biographies and enhanced by novelists and psychologists. You can live your fondest dreams from the inside. Would you choose to get into the machine? Okay. If this machine, like, have you seen Rick and Morty? Yes. The episode where they went to the game center and Morty got into this VR machine, he became like some middle-aged man and sell carpet. Do you remember that? That kind of machine, I would do it. But oh, wow. Yes. But if something I get to choose and I get to plan out perfectly for myself, then no, that sounds boring. Okay, but so Jennifer, the machine, here's the here's an additional thing to answer that. The machine can be programmed with variations. So like sort of like um a uh, random number generator, you know, <laughs> so that random occurrences will still happen to you. Like you won't be able to tell that you program, you know, it'll be like life, except everything is going your way. No, everything <laughs> going my way still sounds boring. Yeah, there needs to be chance. Are you working on that, Dylan? That sounds terrible. <laughs> Hope, would you get into the machine? Um, you said you've asked me this before, and I have no memory of that. Um, I don't think I would. Uh, can you explain? Is that what did I say last time? <laughs> uh, you you said no, but you, can you explain? Okay, okay. I still agree with myself. Um, I <laughs> it feels too tempting to leave reality. I don't think I should be given the option to do that. Okay, that sounds oh. like that sounds like you're tricking yourself not to get into the machine. <laughs> you know, like I wouldn't ever come back. Yeah, that's fine. That's acceptable. No, I don't want. I I want to come back. So okay, like, yeah. I can't go can in. You, can you explain? Can you explain your reasoning for that? For wanting to come back? 
Well, like, I would just be in a machine for the rest of my life. What happens to all the people I left behind? Well, I'm just in this machine. Like They, they can enter their own machines. It's like the Matrix, you that's know? That's kind of... No, I don't like that. <laughs> but why? But why don't you like that? because <laughs> it's like a, it's escaping it's like oh life's not going well so i'm just gonna leave it's like basically suicide except yeah it's basically suicide i don't mind if it's escaping from reality it's not an issue for me i agree with jennifer um i've been asked this question quite a few times because it's a famous thought experiment apparently you guys didn't know but this is called Robert Nozick's uh, The Experiment Machine. Well, I knew it was something that you didn't make up because it sounded like you were just reading. Yeah, I was reading. <laughs> <laughs> he, he wrote this. I don't know when he wrote this. It was years ago. Um, in, a, in, in a book. And it, you know, it's become one of the famous philosophical thought experiments because a lot of people, the majority of people, wouldn't enter the machine. Okay, this is a machine that all of your wishes, all of your life desires would be granted, guaranteed. And you, it includes the benefit of you don't know that you're in the machine while you're in it. You have the choice mm-hmm. to leave whenever you want. And it's completely programmable and customized. If you don't okay? know you're in it, then how do you leave? It, there are variations of it. Uh, the original variation was like, if you you go in for a two year period and after two years you'll come out and you'll be like oh I, yeah I, I remember now I was in the machine and you'll keep all the memories from within the machine and then you can choose to re-enter the machine. The problem with that original t- time thing is that people got too focused on the fact that when you exit you would realize it was all fake and you'd be sad about it and that's <laughs> not what he was trying to get at with the original thought experiment. So. Mm. The more popular version of it now is that you either enter for life or you don't enter at all. I feel like if you do that, most people wouldn't enter at all. I think doing it for the two years, people would be more considerate of entering. And I feel like people would then choose to stay in the machine, most likely. Yeah. So the majority of people, when asked this question, would not enter the machine. And the often cited reasoning had to do with the fact that it wasn't real like it wasn't our reality Mm. and i think that's really interesting because for all intents and purposes when you enter the machine and you're experiencing whatever's happening in there it is real to you you know yeah um and so i'm i'm personally i've always been in the minority kind of with jen that I would enter the machine because I I'm fine. Like I'm fine morally with escapism and just giving up on reality. Yeah. I I mean, that's not my reasoning. I still wouldn't enter it because I don't want everything going my way. But you could, you could program the machine to, to have some bad events as well. It's still fake. Ah, see, ha. (laughs) (laughs) No, but like, that's the thing. Like it's just, Anything that happens is programmed to happen. And in that way, it's denying yourself any sort of free will to make your own choices. Like the only choice you made in that instance was entering the machine. And from there on out, nothing is because of you. 
But you can still, can you not make decisions in the machine? I just assumed you could. Yeah, you can. Yeah, but it's all determined by the machine what those decisions could be. But you don't know what they could be, right? You don't know the options. It's just like real life. Yeah, get them, Jen, get them. (laughs) Real life, you're interacting with real people and you're molded by things that are happening around you that aren't predetermined by a false environment. Well, our reality might not even be real. Yeah, well, if I'm in the machine, let me out, like, please. This is great. This is like a a first year philosophy class. Well, thanks. Brings me back. All right, I'm going to distract from the conversation and just mention some interesting things. Um, So this is from the Internet Encyclopedia of Philosophy that I've pulled this information. So, Hmm. like I said, there, there are variations on the experiment machine thought experiment. In a recent study, and I found this really interesting, um, in 2018, Hendricks and Duven changed the thought experiment from a machine to a pill, which is what I initially presented you guys with. And they found that there's an increase of pro-pleasure judgments from 29% to 53%. Um, In other words, more people would agree to the scenario if it was a pill rather than entering a machine. Mm. Well, because it seems more short-term if it's a pill. Yeah. And it's more like your body is physically adjusting to it instead of being shoved in something. And, uh, like, a pill, like, affects, yeah, like, affects your body. Like, your physiology is affected by the pill. Whereas in a machine, like, the machine's still determining everything. In a pill, like, it's still, it's you. Like if like how I was saying before, where the machine, you don't really have free will because the machine's determining what options you're presented with and what's happening to you. With a pill, that's something internal. Like that's everything that's happening to you mentally is like something you're causing. Okay, I have one more question and then I will end with a thought that you two can respond to. So my final question is, Would you take a drug if it gave you superpowers? What? No. Okay, I have a few questions to go off of this. How often do you have to take the drug? Like, do you have to take the drug to maintain the powers? How many side effects are there of the drug? What does it do to you physically? Like, (laughs) She's considering it. Okay, so you take the drug and it gives you superpowers for three months, and there are only very minor side effects, as in most people will not experience side effects, but some people might experience like slight difficulty sleeping or something, something not, you know, not that serious. Okay, you have to take it three months and then you have to retake it to continue? Yeah. What happens if you don't retake it? You just, you're fine. You're just normal again. That doesn't seem like that's how it would work. Like <laughs> <laughs> you asked me for conditions, and then you just declined the conditions. No, you because just declined like, the drug. Like imagine you three months you can fly, and then all of a sudden you can't fly because you didn't take the drug again. Like that doesn't. Yeah, that's that's how that works. <laughs> I re- your hypothesis <laughs> does not make sense. <laughs> what? 
just answer the question. The hy- hypothetical, up, not hypothesis. Make up your own rule. Your, your hypothetical, <laughs> I don't agree with. It's funk. <laughs> I'm not taking the pill because you're lying to me. You're trying to trick me. All right, fine. We will move on to my final thing. <laughs> um, so once someone said to me, if all the world's leaders just got in a room together and took mushrooms, world peace would be easy to achieve. Uh, what are your thoughts on this comment? I disagree. <laughs> yeah, I do. Too many people would look in the mirror and start freaking out. They'd be like, ah, what's that scary monster looking at me? And then they, if, especially if it's the rural Americans, they'll start shooting at things. <laughs> be like what's that in the bushes pow 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 and it was another dude on mushrooms who's now dead like oh my god <laughs> it would cause problems well I, I mean that's just not mushroom does i know i'm just kidding <laughs> yeah 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 i know i meant what Dylan said. well you can have bad trips on mushrooms right they're not yeah, all for sure. right Dylan. your last question was kind of done but the other one's better well, that's all we had time for today. <laughs> uh, this has been coming in without context. Jennifer, thank you for joining us. Uh, do you have anything to, to plug? Nope. <laughs> not, not on the podcast. Okay. Uh, any any last comments from either of you? Hope, Jennifer? You didn't ask me what I thought it was. Well, what do you think it was? Um, alternate reality. No, it was just drugs. Oh, oh drugs. no. <laughs> this is happening every time. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for listening. And uh, this will probably be the last episode for this season, this summer. Oh, let's continue into the semester. All right. She has decided it is not the last episode. <laughs> <laughs> see, see you guys next week. <laughs> Bye.